So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is chemical elements and sacred geometry. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject, then research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We're only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names. We apologize. And neither of us have any particular knowledge of astrophysics, physics, or New Age beliefs. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. In a previous episode, we discussed how a meteor struck the Earth, which besides leaving a large crater, left a layer of the element iridium. We've also included episodes on the forming of the universe and on the solar system. We have learned that chemical analysis has not been able to identify some elements as being from the Earth that have been associated with alleged extraterrestrial events. Let's start with the aftermath of the Big Bang when the universe was made up of only hydrogen and helium. So all the other elements had to be made up from those two elements. I did some math and the elements in terms of number of atoms in our galaxy, the Milky Way, can be roughly estimated at 98% hydrogen and helium and 2% other elements. Hydrogen is more abundant than helium by a ratio of about 3 to 1. I think before proceeding that I should explain in that classical physical chemistry, elements are made up of particles, which include positively charged protons and negatively charged electrons, which orbit the nucleus. There are also neutrons, which carry no charge, which exists in the nucleus along with the protons. The atomic number of an element is based on the number of protons in the nucleus. So the elements are different based on how many particles they contain. The elements are organized in the periodic table based on their atomic configuration. But returning to helium, it is the most common form. It contains two protons, two neutrons, and two electrons. On Earth, helium is rare, only existing as a minor component of natural gas found underground in the southern United States. So did the helium found on Earth always exist from the formation of the universe? No, apparently not. Helium on Earth was formed by the natural decay of heavy radioactive elements such as uranium. Most of the hydrogen on Earth is associated with water, H2O, accounting for about 13.5% of the atoms of the planet, but less than 1% of the weight of the Earth's crust. Suns are made up of hydrogen and helium. So what goes on in a sun? 
The Universe Today website provides an explanation, but other sources can be far more complicated in explaining the physics. The article described how the sun generates heat and light. Quote, the sun is hot, really, really hot, but all of the heat and light coming from the sun comes from the fusion process happening deep inside the core of the sun. The core of the sun extends from the very center of the core out to about 0.2 solar radii. Inside this zone, pressures are millions of times more than the surface of the earth, and the temperatures reach, and the temperature reaches more than 15 million Kelvin. This is where fusion in the sun happens. Every second, 600 million tons of hydrogen are being converted into helium. This reaction releases a tremendous amount of heat and energy. The process of fusion in the sun is known as the proton-proton, sorry, the proton-proton chain. The sun starts with protons and through a series of steps turns them into helium. Since the total energy of helium is less than the energy of the protons that went into this, uh, went into it, this fusion releases energy, unquote. Kelvin or K is the temperature equivalent to degrees Celsius plus 273.15. A proton is a hydrogen atom minus its electron, so it is a hydrogen ion as well as being a, an atomic particle. If 600 million tons of hydrogen are being converted to helium every second, all the hydrogen is going to be used up eventually. So how long will the sun last? An answer to that question appears on the Socratic website, quote, the sun started out being about 73% hydrogen and the rest helium. It is a main sequence star, which means it is fusing hydrogen into helium in its core. Most of the sun is 70% hydrogen. Its core, which is 25% of the sun's radius, is down to about 33% hydrogen at the center. It is only in the core and the regions around it where the fusion reactions can take place. The sun is currently about 4.6 billion years old. It will run out of hydrogen in its core in five to six billion years and become a red giant. So the sun has used up almost half of the hydrogen fuel required for fusion reactions to take place in its core, unquote. What happens to a star when it becomes a red giant? Would it be a good idea to be somewhere else in about five billion years time? That will be the end of the Earth as a living planet. The oceans will boil away. The Forbes website, an article authored by Ethan Siegel, provides a description. Quote, when the star's core turns out, when the star's core runs out of hydrogen fuel, it contracts and heats up. When it reaches a temperature of about 100 million K, the helium ignites. With that ignition, helium burning commences, where three helium atoms fuse together to create carbon, element number six, releasing energy in the process, unquote. The element carbon is the basis for organic chemistry, but other elements are needed for living creatures. The human body is mainly made out of oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, calcium, and phosphorus, with other elements such as sodium and chlorine also being essential. But how are the other elements created? The Forbes website article continues with an explanation. Quote, this is the process at play in red giant stars with more massive stars creating elements such as nitrogen, oxygen, neon, magnesium, silicon, sulfur, and iron, cobalt, and nickel. In addition, stellar burning also produces free neutrons, which can combine with the pre-existing elements to climb up the periodic table, one element at a time, all the way up to elements like lead and bismuth, elements 82 and 83. And finally, the absolute most massive stars will die in a spectacular supernova explosion, leading to a runaway fusion reaction that, in principle, should produce everything that's known in the periodic table and beyond, creating every element possible, unquote. So every element is made in the same way, by suns dying finally to explode. Lithium, beryllium, and boron, elements number three, number four, number five, with hydrogen and helium being numbers one and two, are not formed in the same way. The article continues, quote, you can't make those elements by fusing lighter ones together since adding hydrogen to helium would create lithium five, which is unstable, and adding two heliums together would create beryllium eight, which is unstable. In fact, all nuclei with a mass of five or eight are unstable. You can't make them from stellar reactions involving elements like carbon or above, since those, since those only create heavier elements, not lighter ones. In fact, you can't make the first of the heavier than helium elements in stars at all. And yet, 
lithium, beryllium, and boron not only exist, but boron in particular is vital for life as we know it on Earth. Without boron, there'd be no such thing as a cell wall, and hence no such thing as a plant, unquote. So how are lithium, beryllium, and boron created? The Forbes article indicates that something else is needed as follows, quote, yet plants exist, boron exists, and so some of these elements must have been created. The key, believe it or not, are the most energetic sources of particles in the universe, black holes, neutron stars, supernovae, and active galaxies. When these cosmic catastrophes ignite, becoming active or even explode, they don't just emit particles, they emit the highest energy particles in the known universe. And when those energetic particles known as cosmic rays strike a heavier element, one created in a star, it can blast it apart, creating a cascade of lower mass particles. This process known as spallation is how the lithium, beryllium and boron found on Earth was formed. And the only reason why these elements can be found at all on our planet these three elements are by far the rarest of the light elements, and this process is the only reason they're around at all. The next time you see a plant, think of it not only of the evolutionary story that allowed it to be so, but the cosmic one that enabled the elements essential to it to even exist. Without the most catastrophic energetic events in the universe, three of the lightest elements, lithium, beryllium, and boron, simply would not be, unquote. So what exactly are cosmic rays? The space.com website provides the answer as follows, quote, cosmic rays are atom fragments that rain down on the earth from outside of the solar system. They blaze at the speed of light and have been blamed for electronic problems in satellites and other machinery. Discovered in 1912, many things about cosmic rays remain a mystery more than a century later. One prime example exactly where they, where they are coming from. But I think we'll have to continue this after the break, Justina. Yes, we'll continue after the short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, 
and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome back to Too Good Speed True. And before the break, we're discussing cosmic rays. And Dad, you were quoting from the article space.com about what is a cosmic ray. So can you please continue with the article? Right, I'll continue where, from where I left off. Most scientists suspect their origins are related to supernovas, star explosions. But the challenge is that for many years, cosmic ray origins appeared uniform to observatories examining the entire sky, unquote. Okay, so if cosmic rays are created from certain places in the universe, they would be expected to be non-uniform in the sky because they would be beamed from different directions. Yes, without going into details, the same article explains that research from 2017 indicates that cosmic rays are, cosmic rays are actually non-uniform. Also in the same year, cosmic rays were used to look inside the Great Pyramid of Giza with cosmic rays having enough energy to pass through massive solids. The Earth's atmosphere and magnetic field protect us from the full energy of cosmic rays. What about radioactive elements and radioactive isotopes? Why were those created? If there weren't uranium or plutonium, we wouldn't be in danger of destroying the planet. And in, in any event, there is background radiation as described in Wikipedia. Quote, Background radiation is a measure of the ionizing radiation present in the environment at a particular location, which is not due to deliberate introduction of radiation sources. Background radiation originates from a variety of sources, both natural and artificial. These include cosmic radiation, environmental radioactivity from such as naturally occurring radioactive materials, including radon and radium and man-made fallout from nuclear weapons testing and nuclear accidents, unquote. Ionizing radiation is radiation power enough to powerful enough to remove electrons from atoms or molecules, which, as we know, is extremely harmful to living creatures. So I guess the question really is, why does the planet need background radiation? The Forbes website in an article by John, James Conker explains that background radiation is helpful. Quote, Following experiments with microbes and human lung cells that showed similar results, these new experiments led by researchers at New Mexico State University with different bacterial species showed that growth was inhibited by the lack of radiation, contradicting the predictions of traditional hypotheses concerning the biological effects of radiation, unquote. That's the first time I've heard of radiation possibly being beneficial, except for medical applications. Technetium, element number 43, is found naturally in small quantities, but is made artificially as a radioactive, radioactive isotope, technetium 99M, which is used as a radioactive trace in the body for medical diagnosis. Apparently, it is used about 20 million times a year throughout the world. Isotopes are elements with the same atomic number based on the number of protons in the nucleus, but with a different number of neutrons, particles with no charge in the nucleus of the atom. Carbon-12 and carbon-14 are well-known isotopes, with carbon-14 being measured in samples for carbon dating. Both isotopes have six protons, with carbon-12 having six neutrons, whereas carbon-14 has eight. 
carbon-14 is unstable, undergoing radioactive decay to nitrogen with a half-life of 5,730 years. In a sample of material, the mass of carbon-14 will decrease by half over that period. Regarding the answer to why there are isotopes, that is either explained by nuclear physics or because atoms can. I think for now we should go with because they can. And as we have seen, mankind benefits from isotopes. I think it's time to switch gears. There's a very interesting link between modern science and sacred geometry that was, that was identified about 30 years ago. Before you continue with the link between modern science and sacred geometry, why don't you provide a definition? Here's a definition from the Crystal Links website. Quote, sacred geometry involves sacred universal patterns used in the design of everything in our reality, most often seen in sacred architecture and sacred art. The basic belief is that geometry and mathematical ratios, harmonics and proportions are also found in music, light and cosmology. This value system is seen as widespread even in prehistory, a cultural universal of the human condition, unquote. So something really ancient has been associated with modern science? Yes, here's a quote from the SciTech website, quote, in the atomic nuclear structure hypothesized by Dr. Robert J. Moon in 1986, protons are considered to be located at the vertices of a nested structure of four of the five platonic solids. Unquote. You would need a sketch to fully understand what is meant by the vertices of a nested structure of four of the five platonic solids. But who was Dr. Moon along with his intriguing name? His work must have been quite famous as he has his own wiki page. Here is the beginning of the Wikipedia article. Quote, James, sorry, Robert James Moon, February the 14th, 1911 to November the 1st, 1989, was an American physicist, chemist, and engineer, an important figure in 20th century nuclear science. He was involved in Americans, America's wartime Manhattan Project. He pioneered work on the fundamental structure of the atom, atomic nucleus based on platonic solids, unquote. The Manhattan Project developed the world's first atomic bombs detonated over Japan. What exactly are the five platonic solids, even though Dr. Moon only included four platonic solids in his theories? They are explained in Wikipedia, quote, in three-dimensional space, a platonic solid is a regular convex polyhedron. It is constructed by a congruent, identical in shape and size, regular, all angles equal and all size equal, polygonal faces with the same number of faces meeting at each vertex. Five solids meet this criteria, unquote. The article continues with animations of the platonic solids listed as follows. Tetrahedron, four faces. Cube, six faces. Octahedron, eight faces. Dodecahedron, 12 faces. Icosahedron, 20 faces. The article continues. Quote, geometers have studied the platonic solids for thousands of years. They are named for the ancient Greek philosopher Plato, who, who hypothesized in his dialogue the Timaeus that the classical elements were made of this, these regular solids, unquote. The classical elements, according to Plato, are earth, air, fire, and water. The fifth classical element was later added by Aristotle, that being ether associated with the dodecahedron. Plato lived in the 400s and 300s BC, while fellow Greek philosopher Aristotle lived in the 300s BC. But whether four or five are included, they are called the platonic solids. Plato has been quoted as saying that God geometrizes continually. Before you say it, a pyramid is a tetrahedron, with the word pyramid meaning fire in the middle. But how are the platonic solids related to sacred geometry? The Car Gold Jewelry website provides an explanation for the geometry of what is termed the Metatron's cube. Quote, since very ancient times, it has been believed that God created the entire cosmos according to a specific geometric plan. Sacred geometry refers to the geometric shapes, patterns, frequencies, proportions, ratios, and laws that have been observed to underlie the organic life forms, objects, and phenomena occurring everywhere in the universe. People have always held that the symbols of sacred geometry holy and tried to use them to understand the divine truths behind all existence. One of the most revered figures is the Metatron's cube, unquote. 
The article seems to continue by providing explanations under different headings, but why don't you continue? I know you love linking science to the esoteric. There we go. The article continues with headings for each paragraph. What is Metatron's cube? Metatron's cube is the name given to a very complex two-dimensional geometric figure made from 13 circles of the same size, with lines extending from the center of every circle to the center of all the other 12 circles. It is considered a geometric variant of the fruit of life symbol that is in turn derived from the flower of life, a powerful sacred geometry symbol believed to hold all of the patterns of creation. Metatron's cube and the five platonic solids. Metatron's cube is said to contain the five key sacred patterns of shapes that make up all matter in this universe, known as the platonic solids. These shapes are star tetrahedron, hexadron, octahedron, dodecahedron, and icosahedron. The platonic solids are called the perfect solids because in each of them, every face is equal side length, equal face size, and equal angle. Moreover, all these figures fit perfectly within a sphere. Star tetrahedron fire. The star tetrahedron symbolizes the element of fire made of two tetrahedrons, triangular pyramids. The star tetrahedron is a sharp figure that corresponds with the sharp and piercing heat of fire. Its uniform shape also makes it symbolic of harmony, equilibrium, stability, and balance. Hexahedron, earth. The hexahedron explains the element of earth. It is shaped as a cube with with its regular and straight lines. It is symbolic of solidity and firmness that are the key characteristics of the earth. Moreover, the hexahedron sits flatly and firmly rooted, just like the earth. Octahedron, air. The octahedron is symbolic of the element of air. The octahedron has a smooth shape made of eight equilateral triangles, which can be equated with the minuscule components of air that are so smooth that they can hardly be felt. Before we go on to the next platonic solid, I think uh, we need to go into a break, Justina. Yes, we'll continue after this break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, 
they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. to be true and before the break dad you were quoting from the Kugold jewelry website about the metatron's cube geometry so can you please continue with the article yes we were at the platonic solid the dodecahedron which uh, represents ether the dodecahedron is associated with ether a unique element of the heavens space or sky ether is regarded as the fifth crucial element that combines with the four other classical elements of fire, earth, air, and water to make up everything in the universe. Icosahedron, water. The icosahedron is equated with the element of water. The icosahedron is made of 20 equilateral triangles and is a platonic solid with the maximum number of faces. Its smooth and even figure, its smooth and even figure is seen as an apt symbol for water that smoothly flows away when one attempts to pick it up. As the five essential elements, the five platonic solids are considered very crucial to creation by virtue of having the platonic solids encompassed within, its, within itself. The metatron's cube becomes a symbol of universal unity and interconnectedness, unquote. We will talk more about the fruit of life and flower of life symbols in a few moments. With that background, what is the outline of Dr. Moon's 1986 publication? Here's part of, of the article from the Life Harmonizer website. Quote, Dr. Robert Moon, an early fission physicist of the University of Chicago, developed a synthetic geometric structure of the periodic table for the 92 naturally occurring elements and the particles in their nucleus. The spark to his work came from Nobel Prize laureate Klaus von Klitzing, who studied the conductivity of very thin slices of semiconductors. The addition by... Dr. Moon's co-worker, Lawrence Hecht, of a 3D geometrical structure for the nucleus neutrons may provide a more solid foundation for quantum mechanics. In Moon's Keplerian atom, the 92 protons of all naturally occurring elements are, are determined by the 2 times 46 vertices of a pair of four nested platonic solids. The 3D geometry of the fruit of life contains all five solids and contained within these five solids, the fruit of life is in perfect resonance with all earthly elements. The Moon team concluded that a vacuum in which subatomic particles roll around freely simply cannot exist because free space exhibits impedance, which is the permeability of free space times the velocity of light. The impedance of free space is called reactive impedance since energy can be stored there without any dissipation. Free space is no matter to collide with or be, absor be absorbed by. Therefore, they concluded that there must be a structure in space that, that, that can be then quantized. If this applies to space within the nucleus of an atom, wouldn't it, wouldn't it also apply to the space outside of the atom's sphere of electrons? Unquote. The word Keplerian refers to Johannes Kepler, the 17th century mathematician, astronomer, and astrologer, who developed the laws of planetary motion. Kepler, who was born in 1571, is quoted as saying that where there is matter, there is geometry. Is there more in the Fruit of Life and Metatron's Cube? The Fruit of Life website provides more details as follows. Quote, conceptually, the Fruit of Life is a system of information found in sacred geometry. It is also known as the Holy of Holies of sacred geometry because it is a hidden pattern within the well-known flower of life pattern found all around the world. The flower of life is said to be the actual blueprint of the universe, containing the basis for design, a very atomic and molecular structure, life form, essentially everything in existence. Modern science and the study of quantum physics are confirming the cosmic significance of sacred geometric forms, which are the building blocks of what, what we call reality. The shape of the fruit of life is composed of 13 circles. 13 is also the key for unity and the transition between worlds and dimensions. 
all those who play in an all those who play an instrument know the chromatic scale of the twelve notes. The thirteenth note is actually repeating the first note only at a, on a higher frequency. When you attain a higher octave, you enter a higher dimension. By studying the structure of the fruit of life, you can open the gateway to a higher dimension and worlds. It is also claimed the structure of the fruit of life contains all possible dimensions of the universe. The importance and power behind the structure lies in its potential. If we connect all its centers of the 13 circles, the result is 78 lines which create a structure known as Metatron's cube. In the Kabbalistic tradition, Metatron is the archangel in charge of all the worlds." Unquote. Most commonly, the flower of life is a hexagonal pattern made up of 19 complete circles and 36 partial circular arcs enclosed by a large circle. The Kabbalistic tradition can be described as Jewish mysticism. With that, I think it's time for the first question. With physics providing more sophisticated theories, more sophisticated theories for the nature of matter, how does classical physical chemistry with configuration of atoms in terms of protons, electrons and neutrons predict the chemical and physical properties of elements in terms of the periodic table? So that's a very complex question, but the simple answer is that even in nature, things follow a pattern. So that's why the periodic table is put together like it is, where in a way it's a puzzle where each thing fits together in its puzzle piece, so that elements all fit together as one. So the reason that the model of the atom works is because it fits the puzzle, you could say. So yes, there's still more to be known about the different elements, their different properties, etc. But for the most part, science and physics and chemistry have it right for at least as small as the proton, electron, neutron go down. So there's still more to be discovered with the smaller parts of matter. But so far, it fits this periodic table puzzle. Does all of the heat and light coming from the sun arise from the fusion process happening deep inside the core out to about 0.2 solar radii? The simple answer is yes. The more complex answer is that there are still a couple of unknown facts about the sun that are yet to be discovered. Inside the core are pressures millions of times more than the surface of the Earth, with a temperature reaching more than 15 million Kelvin, more than 15 million Celsius, enabling nuclear fusion. Yes. Does the sun convert 600 million tons of hydrogen into helium every second, releasing a tremendous amount of heat and energy? In some cases, even more, but that's the average, yes. Is the sun about 4.6 billion years old? Approximately, give or take a few years, yes. Does the sun contain enough hydrogen in its core for 5 to 6 billion years before it becomes a red giant? Yes. When the sun becomes a red giant, will the element carbon be created? Along with other elements, yes, but mostly carbon. Are elements such as nitrogen, oxygen, neon, magnesium, silicon, sulfur, and iron formed when larger stars explode? Yes. Are lithium, beryllium, and boron formed by spallation when cosmic rays strike a heavier element? In simple terms, yes. Why isn't there an understanding of how cosmic rays are formed? There needs to be more of a study on the element of matter, so that's where the smaller particles are thought of. So there's still more to discover where you can think of where light meets energy. Why does uranium or plutonium exist on Earth when there's the risk of nuclear weapons destroying the planet? Sometimes different elements have to be dangled in front of people for the right people to use them in the right way. So just because these could be used to destroy the planet, it doesn't mean they can't be used for something good also. Why can lack of background radiation inhibit the growth of different bacterial species? Basically, they're using the radioactive material in a positive way. So you can think of it where it's a full cycle effect, where the radiation needs to be there, and that's seen in the small way with bacteria. Why do isotopes exist? Is there much more to be learned about their usefulness than, for example, carbon-14 being essential for carbon dating? Yes, there's so much more to learn about. So there are still different isotopes. They're still yet to be discovered along with individual uses. So again, it's part of the whole puzzle of chemistry in the periodic table where the different isotopes all have their specific uses. Can it be said that protons and atoms are considered to be located at the vertices of a nested structure of four of the five platonic solids? It could, yes. 
How did ancient Greek philosopher Plato arrive at his hypothesis that the classical elements are made of platonic solids? You could say that he used his own technology to come to that conclusion. So not technology that's in use today, but his own technology he invented. Will that technology ever be rediscovered? Probably not, since it was fully destroyed. Where did the belief come from in ancient times that the universe was formed based on a specific geometric plan? Again, their own technology. So studying the Earth in their own way, the stars, etc. So they found out very early on about these geometric patterns. And it has to be known, too, that in ancient civilizations, they didn't have video games, books, or things that people use today to entertain themselves. They had a lot more time to sink, sit, study, and think. Does sacred geometry refer to the geometric shapes, patterns, frequencies, proportions, ratios, and laws that have been observed to underlie organic life forms, objects, and phenomena occurring anywhere in the universe? Yes. In ancient or other times, has it been believed that sacred geometry symbols are holy and are the key to understanding the divine truths behind all existence? Yes. Is one of the revered figures of sacred geometry the variant of the fruit of life, namely the Metatron's cube? Yes. I think before asking the, the next question, we have to go into the break. Yeah, so we'll continue after the short break with the questions and the psychic insight. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like X Zone, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Path Home Shamanic Art School has just launched a new online series of classes, Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow. In these classes, composed and taught by Path Home founder and director Gwilda Wiecka, you'll learn practical shamanic skills to support your daily life, such as how to build a medicine wheel to access the power of the earth, perform a shamanic journey, create sacred space in which to live and work, empower your life with totem animals, elementals, and fairy folk, and learn the art of accurately reading signs and omens. These tried and true skills are the key to living a powerful, productive life. Visit us at findyourpathhome.com to see the ever-growing collection of classes and leading-edge information to support you during these times of uncertainty and transition. All can be found at findyourpathhome.com. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? 
The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through the questions and the psychic insight about chemical elements and sacred geometry. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Sure. Thank you, Justine. Does the fruit of life host the fundamentals for the construct of all atoms, molecular composition, life development, and everything that we have today? In theory, yes. So it hasn't been fully proven, but in some people's minds, it is true. Is the flower of life a powerful sacred geometry symbol that is believed to hold all the patterns of creation? Yes. Does the Metrotron's cube contain the five platonic solids that make up all matter in this universe? It's that so, yes. Do the platonic solids include the star tetrahedron, hexahedron, octahedron, dodecahedron, and icosahedron? Yes. Are the platonic solids perfect because in each of them, every face is equal length of side, equal face size, and equal angle, with all these fitting perfectly within a sphere? Yes, that is true. Does the star tetrahedron symbolize the element of fire? That could be said, yes. Made of two tetrahedrons or triangular pyramids, does the star tetrahedron represent a sharp figure that corresponds with the sharp and piercing heat of fire? Again, that could be said, so the point could be argued, but many people believe that. Does the star tetrahedron symbolize harmony, equilibrium, stability, and balance? That could be said. Does the hexahedron represent the element of Earth? Yes. Does the hexahedron, shaped as a cube and with its regular and straight lines, symbolize solidity and firmness, that are key characteristics of the Earth. And evenness and the oneness. Does the hexahedron sit flat and firmly rooted, just like the Earth? Yes, with an inner core in a way. Is the octahedron symbolic of the element of air? Yes. Can the octahedron, having a smooth shape made of eight equilateral triangles, be equated with the minuscule components of air that are so smooth that they can hardly be felt? Yes. Is there in reality ether that is regarded as the fifth crucial element, element that combines with the other four classical elements of fire, earth, air, and water to make up everything in the universe? That is the theory, yes, but again, more study needs to be done. Is the dodecahedron, which is associated with ether, a unique element of the heavens, sky, or space? Again, that is what is thought of, but some people may argue that point. Is the icosahedron symbolic of the element water? Yes. Is the icosahedron with its 20 equilateral triangles with a maximum number of faces, a smooth and lap symbol for water that smoothly flows away when one attempts to pick it up? Yes, and it has its own properties that are unique to it. Did a 3D geometric structure for neutrons provide a more solid foundation for quantum mechanics? Yes. Are the 92 protons of all naturally occurring elements determined by the 2 times 46 vertices of a pair of four nested platonic solids? Yes, they are. Does the 3D geometry of the fruit of life contain all of the five platonic solids? Again, that's thought of by some, so again, not fully proven. Contained within the five platonic solids, is the fruit of life perfect in perfect resonance with all earthly elements? That could be said. Did Dr. Moon study Plato's account of platonic solids in addition to be influenced by the work of Nobel Prize laureate Klaus von Klitzing and that of his co-worker Lawrence Hecht? Yes. Does a 3D geometric structure for neutrons in the nucleus of atoms provide the more solid foundation for quantum mechanics? 
It depends. So with quantum mechanics, it needs to be many different theories and ideas being brought together since it's so complex. So not just one theory is sound, it needs to be many. Is it correct, as concluded by the team headed by Dr. Moon, that a vacuum in which subatomic particles roll around freely cannot simply cannot exist because free space exhibits impedance? Again, not 100% proven, but they're on the right track, yes. Is the impedance of free space called reactive impedance, since energy can be stored there without any dissipation? Yes. Does free space have no matter to collide with or be absorbed by? If it's truly a free space, yes. Is there a structure in space that can be quantized, that can be applied to space within the nucleus of an atom? Yes. Can this structure also apply to the space outside of the atmosphere of electrons? Yes and no. Again, depending on which theory you are going on with. So for some, no, that would not be true. But the one in particular you're discussing, then yes. Is the flower of life the actual blueprint of the universe containing the basis for design of every atomic and molecular structure, life form, essentially everything in existence? Again, that's not 100% accurate, but it's on the right track. Is modern science, including the study of quantum physics, confirming the cosmic significance of sacred geometric forms, which are the building blocks of what we call reality? Yes, that could be said. So even on a cellular DNA level, you can think of the DNA building blocks of the human. So everything is about geometry and geometric patterns, or else life forms would not be able to be built or survive. With the shape of the fruit of life being composed of 13 circles, is it the key for unity and for the transition between worlds and dimensions? They can't exactly be said, so there's a lot more that would need to be studied about even the simple shape of the circle and how circles are used throughout reality. In music, with the 13th note repeating the first note on a higher frequency, does attaining a higher octave result in entering a higher dimension? Not always, no, so that's not fully true. By studying the structure of the fruit of life, can the gateway to higher dimensions and worlds be opened? No, not exactly. There's a lot more to it than that. Does the structure of the fruit of life contain all possible dimensions of the universe? Not exactly, no. With chemical analysis not being able to identify some elements as being from the Earth that have been associated with alleged extraterrestrial events, are there different periodic tables of elements outside of the solar system? That's a strong possibility, yes. So you have to think about it, that just like it is very possible that there are other life forms other than humans, there's also the possibility that there are other elements. So the elements are unique to the Earth, and there are other possibilities elsewhere. So we don't even have to talk about parallel universes. We can talk about our universe. Correct. Parallel universes open up another can of worms where there are so many other possibilities. What can we learn from Dr. Moon linking the work of Plato to modern physics? Basically, that previous work did not need to be fully disregarded. So just as there are geniuses today and geniuses in the past, there are geniuses centuries and centuries ago. So just because technology wasn't what it is today doesn't mean that the information wasn't fully accurate. So basically, you have to think of it as an ever-learning process where people can learn from the present, but also can learn from the past to create the future. So there needs to be this link where even in the past, you can see in different civilizations that they knew a lot more than even than some people might know today. So science was always working in its way. It's just the different, they didn't have different technology they have today. So past technology, for example, fire was very important. But people today don't think about how important that would have been. That was the last answer. Is the structure of every atomic nucleus based on four of the platonic solids and thus sacred geometry too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. There was a lot in the physics described that I didn't understand. I did okay at the beginning. I can understand that 90 of the 92 naturally occurring chemical elements needed to be created in dying stars, with a few elements needing cosmic rays to provide the correct number of protons. 
It is the number of protons or atomic number that really defines each element, but an equal number of electrons as well as neutrons are involved in the makeup of atoms. I got a little lost when Dr. Moon and his team's work was described. I think the point was that protons in the atoms cannot be arranged randomly, but have to be arranged in a geometric structure. Dr. Moon studied Plato, who hypothesized that the classical elements were made of the four regular solids that he defined. The classical elements, as opposed to the, the chemical elements, are earth, water, air, and fire. Ether and the dodecahedron were added by Aristotle. The concept of ether seems really old and odd and refers to the material that fills the region of the universe above the Earth. We know today that outer space is a vacuum, not just a magical substance. According to Wikipedia, modern science does not support the classical elements as a material basis of the physical world. But based on Dr. Moon and his colleagues' work, it appears that platonic solids, thus sacred geometry, are a material basis of the physical world. Yes, it seems that there's been a lot of research on what actually created the world. And obviously in chemistry today, we know what everything's made out of, of the different elements. But it seems from even the psychic insight, there might be more that needs to be explored. Yes, and uh, I wouldn't worry too much about the physics being tough. I didn't understand half of it, but I think it was the linking uh, of the modern theory to... Uh, uh, the ancient work of uh, Plato that was so important. Well, at least I knew the chemistry. But on that note, we are out of time, so we will thank the listeners, and we look forward to next week's show. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simo TV. Simo TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.